Hello and welcome to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, where I, Michelle Carville, interview business leaders around the practicalities of how, in this hyper-connected digital age, they are embracing digital technologies to tune in and connect and communicate. You can find all episodes of the podcast together with show notes via our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. In this episode of the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, I'm delighted to interview Chris Bartley. Chris is the Managing Director and Chief Innovation Officer of Havis Life Medicom, one of Europe's largest healthcare marketing agencies. With experience across advertising, external relations and medical education, he's worked with some of the world's biggest global healthcare brands. So hi, Chris. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, no, you're welcome. Really excited to be here. Really looking forward to it. Um, hopefully going to be a really interesting chat. Fantastic. So, um, so you know the spirit of the podcast and I wanted to interview you because you are a very active leader um, with social media. So can you just tell me a little bit about how you started using social media and indeed why? It was primarily driven by our clients. So we deliver uh, marketing communications for a whole range of different healthcare organizations. And probably 10, 12 years ago, those healthcare clients started getting interested in all the various digital channels and digital activities. And as part of that, you know, I've always been quite obsessive about understanding and knowing how these various platforms work. So before we were talking to clients and recommending different approaches to them and how they should utilize these channels, just wanted to understand a little bit about those. So got involved probably 12 years ago and started off a lot of the, a lot of the channels as they emerged and as they came out and have dipped in and out, I've utilized them more at one point and then ignored them for two years and then got back involved with them. But um, really the driver was very much our clients and understanding how they could utilize those channels and therefore getting involved myself. And I love that because it's, you know, and that's a similar, you know, story to myself. It's, it's, you, you, you want to lead by example, don't you? You want to make sure that you've tested and you understand it's almost like the stress test yourself so that you are educated to then advise the clients as to how they can be optimizing them. Absolutely. And you know, they are expecting from us as a company that we understand these channels in detail. And I think you know, obviously utilizing them on a personal level and utilizing them on a corporate level is slightly different, but the yeah. fundamental principles are very much the same. And understanding what works for you as an individual does have a big influence on what's going to work for a, for a corporation as well. And having that real in-depth insight, I think you can only, you can read about things, you can learn from other people, but you learn something more. You get an extra dimension by being engaged yourself in what works, how it works, why it works. And it just allows you to bring a little bit extra to the conversation, have that little deeper insight on something, which you know, is, are the only things really that separate one organization for another are those tiny little details, those tiny little insights. So that, that was kind of the motivator was really trying to get underneath the skin of and understand these different channels. And my use of them has evolved a lot from there, but that was the start point. And, you know, just because that's, that was the starting point, what, how skeptical were some of your clients at the outset? You know, what's been that journey? Because there's a, there's a, you know, I know from my own experience, I spent a lot of years kind of convincing clients that 
these were important tools to get on board with because I think particularly up at the, you know, into the leadership level, there was an idea, idea that, oh, this is just about, you know, this is nonsense. This is, this is going to take a lot of time. It's a, you know, that's people sharing photographs of their breakfast, you know, how's that going to help us? So what's been your journey in that, you know, with that skepticism? <laughs> well, I think there's still a lot of skepticism. Um, so I don't think we've, uh, I don't think we're fully there with that journey. I mean, everyone knows what social media is now, which 10, 12 years ago, I'm not sure that a lot of people really understood even what it was, or like you said, at any level, what it was about. Now I think people understand it. People are using it every day because almost everyone is on Facebook, even if that's simply just connecting in with their relatives and everything else. Everyone is using their phones to engage with people via WhatsApp. So there's not quite the same need to educate around the basic structure of it. But I think how it's used and how it can add value to organizations and to corporations particularly, there's still a lot of skepticism about whether it does or doesn't add value, about whether it's going to create issues for you, especially in the healthcare space, which we're in. You know, you can inevitably attract some negative as well as some positive opinions. Yeah. Um, you know, just if you just look at the vaccination debate, for example, we work for a number of companies that um, that make vaccines. You know, there's a huge anti-vax movement. So you know, it can be quite controversial and companies are opening themselves up to the conversation. They're opening themselves up to the discussion when they engage on social media. And I still think there's a lot of education needed around how you can manage negative comments, how you can address those, how you de-risk that for, um, for different organizations. So I think there's, there's still a bit of um, skepticism there. It's really just about highlighting what the positive opportunities are for people the positive ways that you can engage, that you can reinforce your messages, that you can create communities around um, the activities that you're having. So um, I think just nice and gently has been the approach that we've taken of just gently showing, right, let's do a pilot, let's test something out, let's try it on a small scale, let's try it with something less important than, the, than perhaps the primary brand, and let's then build from there, making a, a proof case to show how social media and how some of your digital channels are really adding value to the company and what those returns are. Yeah, and I think that's valuable because I think for some organizations, there was almost a panic, you know, oh, we've got to get onto these channels. But it, it is, you know, it's test it, learn, iterate, test, learn, iterate, isn't it? You know, so that they're doing it. I think there's also something there as well about doing it on your terms in a way that works for you. Uh, you know, there's, it's not a one-size-fits-all, is it? Absolutely. And it depends hugely what your objectives are. I mean, there's still a lot of um, healthcare companies that are not heavily engaged across social media. So they might have one or two channels potentially that they're using, but they're not heavily engaged across a number of channels. And in some senses, that them being slightly slow now actually looks um, smart in some senses. I think you're much better off, again, depending on your objectives, to have a really strong presence in one or two channels from a social media point of view, not from a marketing overall point of view, but from a social media point of view, to have a really strong presence in one or two channels and really get those channels right and really create that engagement and that positive, um, that positive reputation in those channels than to be trying to do every single channel, to be trying to do every new bit of social media that comes out just for the sake of doing it and just for the sake of being there. Yeah. Actually, that can be quite... It can be quite damaging if you do a social media channel and you 
put a half-hearted effort into it. You're not fully engaged with it. And I think it can look quite poor. And many brands, you know, when you, you look at their social media presence, you know, they haven't really posted anything for a long time. They're simply using it as a megaphone to pump out their latest press release. They're not really creating anything compelling and engaging around it. So I think, um, you know, so I think that that to me is a big lesson. If you're going to engage in a channel as a brand or as an organization, you really do need to think of it as a conversation and not just simply as a, a channel to pump out your latest news story. Absolutely. And, and yeah, the listening piece is, is, is such an important part, isn't it, of having a conversation. It, it's not just about that broadcast. It's also about the, the ability to tune in and to, to really get a sense of what's going out there in your landscape. Yeah, I think from a personal point of view, it, it, I always think it sounds slightly a slightly corny thing to say, but from a personal point of view, I'm much more interested in it in social as a listening tool than as a than in a commun- as, than as a communication tool. Just by being, just I, one of the things I love about Twitter. So Twitter is the place where I, I spend more time than any other social channel, and primarily that's because you can engage with some of the cutting edge thought leaders in any sphere so i happen to be a bit of a marketing nerd so i love marketing i work in marketing i'm really sad it's the only thing that i really do but you can follow some incredible thought leaders who are writing amazing books including people like yourself you can engage with them in conversations you can see the conversations that they're having the data that they're posting you know, they'll answer your questions so just from a ability to soak up the latest thinking the debates that are happening the trends that are emerging Certain social media platforms are absolutely incredible sources of information. And for people looking to develop themselves, improve their skill sets, I think you know, social media offers an incredible kind of professional development tool if used in the right way. And if you're focused on that listening component more than, I don't know, whether you can repost your latest blog, um, which is, has relatively um, limited value unless you are one of those kind of big cutting edge thought leaders. Yeah, and I agree. And I've, I've, and, and what's interesting about particularly a platform like Twitter is that you can make a connection with somebody on Twitter. And it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, more so than I find on LinkedIn. I, I find the connection on Twitter just so simple. If pe- it's almost like if people are on Twitter, they are absolutely open to have a conversation, and they don't mind you contacting them, and they'll come back. You know, I mean, pretty much every one of the people that I interviewed for Get Social, I, I just messaged them on Twitter. And, you know, and most of these, you know, indeed yourself on for LinkedIn, you know, for, for either LinkedIn or Twitter are the places I would go to to say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Um, and and so they are then they're also brilliant for networking, not just tuning in and listening, but actually making content, uh, making contact and, and developing those relationships. Yeah, it's, I, it, absolutely. And it's amazing. Um, it's amazing how being engaged and showing that you're listening to people leads to some incredible opportunities. So just by replying to people's posts, yeah. by liking them, you know, I've had lots and lots of people reach out with me in terms of private messaging saying, oh, you know, we should connect, you know, next time you're in Boston, you know, come and see me. And these are people who are very high profile professors of marketing who are 
you know, doing big speeches where they're charging, you know, £5,000 plus to go and talk at these congresses. And on Twitter, you can just ask them questions, engage in the conversation, get invited to come and look at the university. You know, it's totally, it's totally crazy from that point of view. Yeah. And the opportunities that follow you round, um, that, that come to you as opposed to you having to look for them, I think are amazing. So that to me is the, is the huge benefit of social media that I think people don't necessarily talk about is the active listening part, yes. not only in terms of the upskilling that it, it gives you, the insights that it gives you, but you're absolutely right. In terms of the connections that you make, the opportunities that come your way, it's absolutely incredible. And Twitter, I have found by far and away the, the best platform for that. In LinkedIn, I think is good in terms of an address book and a contact list. Yeah, And people kind of, I think, Often people find me on Twitter and then contact me through LinkedIn. But um, I think Twitter is, is an absolutely brilliant engagement platform. It's just fantastic from a professional point of view rather than a, a personal point of view. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, Chris, completely. And so you've talked a little bit about the tools and the systems that, that you specifically use. It's predominantly Twitter, um, but obviously you have your professional presence on LinkedIn. Are you using any of the other channels personally? And if so, why? Um, well, I, I'm sort of weird in that I don't really do any personal social media, not like family stuff. So I'm not, in, I'm not on Facebook, which is kind of unusual. Um, I, from a personal personal life point of view, I use WhatsApp, um, and that's really where all of my friends and all of the friend conversations that I have they're all on they're all on there, um, and my parents and everything else. So they're all set up in groups on WhatsApp. Um, but I have uh, Instagram and also YouTube that I use to talk about marketing, and I use to understand those platforms. So Instagram, I'll be honest, I don't really understand Instagram. I'm on there, and I'm on there so that I can learn more about it. I've yes. been on there for ages, and I still don't understand it. But um, but slowly but surely, I think that's going to sink in. And it probably took me, again, This I think it's going to sound slightly strange, but it probably took me five years, six years, to really understand Twitter. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's fundamentally a very, very simple, straightforward platform. But once you start understanding that it's not so much about posting or retweeting other no. posts, as it is about the conversation and the level of engagement, it took quite a long time to understand that and then to kind of build up and find the right people to follow and really understand the people who were engaging in conversations that I wanted to be part of. Yes. And I haven't quite got there with Instagram yet. Who knows? It may take another five years to get there with Instagram. I know Facebook are making some changes to that platform that are more about the creating conversations and more about written content. And I think that may suit me a little bit more. Um, YouTube, I think, is a big one for our clients. So it's one that um, I've invested a little bit of time in creating a channel again so that I can just understand that platform really well. It's also an incredibly difficult social media platform. Um, but again, slowly but surely understanding a little bit more about what works on there. Um, so yeah, so I've got a nice mix, but from a, a personal and family point of view, it's all just WhatsApp. Yes. So tell me a little bit about, and, and, and uh, you know, that, that makes sense. Um, it makes sense for, for what you're doing. And, and of course, you are, you're learning and, and honing and, and you want to know what's going on within you to be able to be informed about what your clients are doing as well, don't you? So, you know, it makes sense to kind of tap in. I, I do similar things myself. It's just, I've got to be there because I want to personally know about these channels. Um, 
But yeah, you're right. It does take a bit of time to play with them. And of course, they're evolving all the time. I mean, you just mentioned their Instagram. They're making it more conversational. These things continuously, they evolve. They almost, you know, iterate in line with, with what, what's working with the people, with the humans, don't they? Yeah. Well, and also it's really interesting because, you know, I, I don't really get Instagram and I probably use it in a, in a terrible way. However, when you look at our company and you look at the engagement with our social media platforms, the engagement on Instagram from an employee point of view is head and shoulders above any other platform. Yeah. All the guys who work here, they're all on Instagram. They're all relatively active on Instagram. They're all looking at our company Instagram feed and lots of people who are looking at us as employers are on there and looking at that. We're connected to all sorts of weird and wacky people as a company in terms of Instagram. So as a, as a social platform for engagement and setting, that, setting the tone and the culture of the company through social, Instagram yeah. is a phenomenally good platform for that. And the people who are updating that for us from a company point of view do really get it and do really understand it and post interesting things. And, and it's really helping us to create a kind of visual culture around the company that, that people are very bought into and, and enjoying. And uh, you know, it's very kind of socially orientated. So I think that that's helping us um, both in terms of just bringing a little bit of joy to people who, who work here in terms of what we share there. Yeah. Um, so, it, so from that point of view, it's a brilliant platform. It's just that it, from my point of view, it, it, I struggle a little bit with it on a personal level, but yeah. at a company level, it's fantastic. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what, how social media is embraced within your organization. I mean, obviously you're leading by example and, and not always leading at the front, you know, let's say on Instagram, but you're still, you still acknowledge that you want to know about these tools because it's going on within your organization. So tell me a little bit more about how it's embraced within your organization and how teams are encouraged. I mean, is that driven by you as the MD, you know, encouraging employees to get involved? Is it's, it, I assume some of it's going to be by the nature of the work that you do as a, you know, as a, uh, for the services you provide to your clients. So just give me a flavor of what's, how that all fits together. Yeah. So I think we, I think we're quite advanced in the way that we think about it. I think it'd be, it'd be fantastic. People can more than welcome to share some comments on the podcast if, if, if this is a real common practice, but I really don't think it is. So one of the things that we've created is a role, which is someone who has the sort of working title of champion of you. And the, and the idea of this person is that people don't really want to hear from from us as a company that much, but they're really interested in the individuals and our individuals here have big social networks. They have big networks with their clients and people are really interested in what they're doing. They're working on fantastic projects. So what we've created is a role specifically to support people, create little pieces of content about some of the things that they do here, the things that they're really proud of and the teams they're working with um, and the way that their work is changing things for our clients. So they help them to create little pieces of content that they can share personally. And we then support some of that content through our company channels. Um, you know, we just, so we just like it or we repost it in terms of our company channels. But I think that that approach to supporting people to build their professional profiles through social media, it's not a case that I don't tell anyone to go on social media or do stuff. I think it's a good idea and that's why I'm on there. But we're, we actively have someone to support everyone across the company to be able to use those channels in an effective way to build their professional profile. And I think that that's, that's probably quite forward thinking. I'm sure there are one or two other companies doing it, but from a, 
individual point of view. And I think from our company point of view, it's hugely beneficial and it's taking away one of the big constraints of people being able to utilize social media Mm. from a professional point of view, which is content generation. How do I do it? How do I think about it? How do I make it really interesting and engaging and have the time to do it alongside doing everything else that I'm doing? So we're taking away one of those challenges and one of those barriers. And actually you find that that once you do that, and once you've actively invested in people and supporting them to do it, people are all over. They love it. They think it's great because you're, you're actively taking an interest in the great work that they're doing, saying, hey, you should be really proud of this. You should be talking about it and sharing yeah. it. And we as a company are here to support you to do that. Um, and, and in some senses, that was, inspired by, um, that was inspired by a conversation I had on Twitter. I posted out a question about, I can't, even, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something to do with the company, which I do occasionally do, whether we should do something or not do something. And one of the, um, and one of the colleagues who works here with me replied, who'd never replied to me on Twitter before, I didn't even know he was on Twitter, um, came back and said, you know, if you can uh, make the company a fantastic place to work, you'll make it a fantastic place for clients to want to work with. His quote was actually slightly more elegant than that. But, um, but I thought that that was absolutely, it was a brilliant quote. It was a brilliant insight from someone at the company. Yeah. And that we have to share as a company the brilliant stories, the points of pride that people here have. So, so we set about creating a plan to do exactly that. Fantastic. And I love that. And, and it's like you're, I mean, it's become part of the job hasn't it? You know, it's, it's, and I think this is where, because there's a lot of, I know I've done quite a few interviews around um, with like people management um, organizations around, oh, well, how do you manage your people with social media? But this is really, it's not managing them, it's empowering your people with social media. And there was a similar conversation um, from Karen Bradshaw, uh, not quite doing the same, but they introduced Facebook Workplace. And and she said there was a lot of resistance around, oh, people might be wasting their time on social media rather than focusing on the work. But she said, of course, what's happened is the the conversations and this time spent talking and collaborating and discussing and, and being creative on 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 Facebook, but in the workplace, she said, has given people so much more freedom. And of course, all the conversation now is is so much more productive because it's all work focused, but there's it's almost like we've unleashed creativity and and so much more innovation for the people rather than, you know, we've taken off the restraints and they're using it in the same way they would use it externally. And it's, it's just driving a lot of positivity and, and innovation. So that's really wonderful. It's, it's almost like you've created an internal influencers network. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I, I guess it is. Um, I sort of, I went slightly with the whole influencer thing. Yes. But, um, but yeah, you're right. We, we are doing that. And I think that that word empowerment, that's really important because, you know, when you look at, you know, we're a creative agency, there are tons of creative agencies out there. Yeah. All those creative agencies do pretty similar things. They have access to similar talent. There's not, you know, we, we create huge points of difference for our customers, but we don't have huge points of difference ourselves. And really the only difference between a between the different creative agencies, the talent inside that agency, yep. what you empower it to do. You know, the people can move around, but the way that people feel about your organization, the way they feel about how you value what they do and how you empower them to do it, that is, that is 
pretty close to being the only point of difference between us and everybody else. And I, I can't imagine us turning around and saying, like, I don't know, we're going to monitor your social media use or, or we're going to, you know, we're going to do it like, from, from our point of view, culturally, that just, I don't know, well, I don't know what the impact of that would be, but it wouldn't be good. Yeah. Um, whereas I think that, you know, by empowering people and saying, particularly around the work that they're doing and yeah. showcasing the best of what we do and making that, putting that out into the public domain, you know, yeah. I think that it, it just has positive messages on so many different levels. Um, and the other thing that we're doing um, to support that and also to support particularly the, the client side is um, we're bringing in some external companies to have a look at what we do. So we're looking, we work with one or two cutting edge consumer digital companies, one or two digital trainers who come in and train big groups of our people up just to make sure that we're not missing things, just mm. to make sure that we're at the at the very cutting edge of what's happening across the whole industry because you know it's quite easy to become siloed in your own organization and with your own thinking and not get exposure to what else is going on and we found that tremendously valuable so we've probably trained there's about 125 people here we've probably trained 30 or 40 people on what would normally only be reserved i think for very senior people in terms of digital strategy how to apply it what some of the tools are um and that's been really that's really helped open our minds to what's possible, what we could do for clients, but also how we could be utilizing this as individuals as well. So um, we try to be really open-minded and open to what's happening everywhere else. I think that that's one of the big benefits of social media is trying to be open and trying to allow yourself to be influenced by other people, influenced by trends, influenced by new things that are happening, and then apply those in a really practical way either to what we do as a company, to what our, our, our teams do as individuals, or what we can do for clients and how we can help them to embrace these same techniques, technologies, platforms, et cetera. Um, so I think it, it, it's really helping us to be our uh, cliche term, future-focused as a company. It's terrible, isn't it? Sometimes you just can't get away from sounding like a marketing person. But, but it's, <laughs> There's nothing but it's, wrong with marketing people. No, I know. But, you know, it's just when you, when you occasionally you hear yourself say something, it's just like a marketing cliche of being future-focused. It's like something that gets written on the mission statement. You just yeah. have to cringe at yourself. But, um, but I think it is really helping us to, particularly to help our clients to be right at the forefront of what's happening, but to help our, ourselves as well to yeah. be at the forefront of that. Yeah, I mean, just it's and and it's necessary, isn't it? Because things are evolving and moving all the time, and you've got to keep on the pulse with it all. And and that's a challenge. I mean, it's that is a challenge. I mean, I I, I know when I was doing a lot of research, there's a lot of organisations that that really struggle um, with keeping up to date with digital. There's another piece of research I was just reading um, that's come out of Capgemini, I think, about, about digital um, transformation, you know, and the challenges that organizations are having. So what, what you know, I should imagine there's, I mean, what you're doing is really inspirational, but also for a lot of leaders that are thinking about, you know, we know we need to be doing more. We know we're not on the pulse as we need to be with digital. There's, there's a lot of, um, fear out there as well isn't there around an overwhelm around what what people should be doing could be doing what advice would you give them well i think is i think from an individual point of view um the people who are in senior roles social media is terrifying so i think the first the first thing to acknowledge is that even when you've been heavily engaged and even when you do it for clients 
it, it is terrifying when you start a new um, a new channel, even even if you've got a big presence elsewhere. It's you're really opening yourself up and making yourself vulnerable by going onto social media. So I think it's a case of understand that actually everyone feels that way. Um, but by opening yourself up to being to seeing other things that are happening and understanding actually that even if you are expert in social media, there's a massive amount of things that you don't know or don't understand yeah. or haven't fully understood. Um, and it's perfectly okay not to know everything. It's perfectly okay not to have loads of followers, etc. Um, I would just say get out there and embrace it and get going on one channel to start with from a, from a leader's point of view. Organizationally, I think you can take one of two approaches to it. You can either say as a, as a leader, actually, you know, this isn't going to be my bag, but we need to have someone really senior whose bag it is and empower them to really get engaged and really get involved with it and really champion it throughout the company. Because, it, you know, I think it's, it's one thing bringing in big outside consultancies. And you, we work with a lot of companies that are 100,000 people plus. They're massive organizations. And you're bringing in outside consultants who you're spending vast sums of money on. And it, unless you really have at least a, a reasonably good understanding of what these technologies, what the platforms are, how they're practically going to be implemented when they're rolled out, what the consequences of putting in place certain structures or processes might be, you don't have to be expert in all those things. No. But to have some level of understanding of it is absolutely vital. You know, otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a similar um, situation to that the recent Accenture thing and the Hertz thing where actually you're suddenly in the media being sued, having huge problems, having huge issues, rolling out these big projects. You know, I think that there's a level of responsibility on senior leaders in those organizations to really understand or to understand a, a good level, the technologies and the platforms and the purpose and the objective and what the consequences of that may be. And if that's not you as an individual, you need to find someone within the organization or employ someone in the organization who is empowered to be able to do those things really well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And so with regards to, I mean, you've been in this space for a, a, a while now, you know, 12 years. What would you say has been, and it's probably been a lot of this, but what would you say has been your biggest learning so far around social activity and and is there anything that you you kind of wish you'd known that you didn't know that would have made life simpler easier um that is a tricky question yeah um, I, think, I, I think the first thing is to say that <laughs> the, the biggest the biggest learning has been just how how much i didn't know and I, and I still have that today and that goes both for the areas of interest that i have like marketing oh you know i suddenly discover whole new things that i had absolutely no about and i would consider myself pretty well read in the in the subject and in the topic and similarly from a social media point of view there is so much more that you can go out and learn even if you're expert on one channel starting another channel or broadening out your um, activities across another channel, you suddenly have this huge new learning curve. So there's, I think that being open to learning, being open to understanding that there's a massive amount that you don't know, that I think is quite important. Um, How do you feel, you know, I, I just, I'm interested in this because it's an area that, uh, you know, is something I've witnessed over the years. How do you feel about social being able to connect the disconnect between the leadership team and 
the rest of the organization. Is there anything that you feel that you, or that you've seen or you've witnessed that, that plays out around that? Yes. And I think, I think it ties into what you, what you do as a leader organically anyway. So one of the, so uh, as I mentioned, we're about 125 people. So it's kind of relatively easily easy here to build one-to-one connections with people and for people to have a one-to-one link into what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So I meet everyone who starts at the company. You know, I try and talk to people at every opportunity about what they're doing and how they're doing things. And that's relatively easy with 125 people. I think the opportunity that social media gives you, that your intranet gives you, that I don't know whether you have a Yammer channel as a corporate channel, the opportunity there is that as you get bigger, and the same goes for 125 people, you, yep. it gives you more opportunities to have one-to-one conversations with people, to understand in a slightly less formal setting what people are concerned about, what's been miscommunicated. I mean, I find all the time that I, I talk to someone and, and after five minutes, they're saying something about an issue that I'm thinking, but that's, I don't, what are you talking about? That's, we're not doing that. Um, and, it, you know, and you get to the bottom of it and you, and you address it. And, that, you know, it's like Chinese whispers. It is. A communication yeah. out and it filters around the company three times. And all of a sudden, I don't know, we're moving offices in three weeks' time. And I'm like, hold on. No, we're not. <laughs> At least, I, hold on. Why do I not know about yeah. this? Yeah. Um, but, it, but I think that social media gives you that fantastic opportunity to make sure that you don't have those, um, those or you, you minimize as much as possible those opportunities for miscommunications. There's opportunities for people to feed back to you. There's opportunities to have one-to-one conversations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, there's probably three or four people in the company who regularly engage with me on Twitter. And I learn all sorts of interesting things from them. And I ask questions on Twitter about things we should do as a company. And it, I get input from within the business that I would not get if I put a post on our internet through Twitter because it almost has a sense of an- anonymity, even though you know who it is. Um, so I think that it's just simply about extending the number of people who you can touch in a day, the number of people who you can touch in a week, who you can understand what, how they're feeling and what they're doing, and they can understand how you're feeling and what you're doing. Yeah. Those one-to-one interactions make all the difference to how people feel engaged with the company, how they feel valued. And if you see a great post from someone, from a work colleague and you comment on it and you reshare it, that gives people a real sense of, sense of love. It's a, strange, it's a strange thing to say, I suppose, but people really value the fact that you've seen them, yep. recognize them, that you've um, engaged with what they're doing. It's hugely motivational. So I, I think that's where these internal tools or internal slash external tools, obviously using Twitter in, in both an internal and an external uh, yep. format, they can just give you so much more opportunity to engage with people, to inspire them, to motivate them, to make sure that your communications are really coming through to them and they understand them. They don't have to agree, just understand makes a massive difference. Yep. I agree. I mean, I refer to that as, you know, walking the floor at scale. It, that's that's what they kind of in, enable you to do, don't they? It's it's and so therefore, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that as a as a leader? So um, this has been a wonderful conversation, Chris. I've I've um, I've really enjoyed it. So many wonderful insights and lots of different practical things that that you're doing um, as an organisation, which are hugely inspirational. I love that idea of empowering the people internally to, you know, with content and really helping them to get their story out there, which, of course, is is all adding um, kudos and 
creativity and gravitas to, to your story as an organization. Because as you say, it's that point of differentiation, isn't it? It's, a, it's the reality of, of, of getting the story that's going on inside and the expertise inside out there. Absolutely, and sharing best practice because yeah. it's a great way for the other people who, who work here to see that we value those best yeah. We're sharing them externally, but also to learn from what's happening because you're interested in what your colleagues are doing. So when you see a post from your colleague, you're really interested in reading it and learning it. And you might never read that on the internet, but you see it posted through LinkedIn. Yeah. You see them posting on Twitter. You might well have a look. And so it's a great way for us to share best practice internally, but share best practice with the rest of the industry as well. And just on that point, I just, you know, when you were saying that, just to, just to go back to that, there's, I suppose there's a fear that, oh, you're building these people up to be experts, you know, thought leaders in their own right, for, for want of a better word. Um, and, you know, building their profile up, giving them this gravitas, giving them this expertise, helping them and supporting that. I suppose a number of organizations would say, oh, but then they're going to go and leave us. And, you know, why would we do that? And we've, we've invested all that time. What's just, you know, what, I know what my view on that is, but what, what, how, how would you counter that? Do you know, I, that's absolutely true. And you, you totally open yourself up to your people being high profile to the recruiters and headhunters, phoning them up three times a day and offering them, you know, 10K <laughs> to move in central London. And um, it, it, that, is a, that is a risk. Um, and you just have to embrace it. For me, one of the things that's incredibly rewarding about being a, a, a leader in inverted commas of, of a company is that, you know, we bring people in as, as graduates, we bring people in, in their career. We, help give them some really great skills you know if we can build their profile great and if they move on um, to other organizations um, and they build great careers that's absolutely brilliant what's even better is if they move on to those other great those those other organizations they say actually you know what when we were working at Medicom it was great at Medicom. they were really supportive and actually they were really engaged you know if they're spreading that message around the industry whether it's with our clients when they move to our clients whether it's with other agencies yeah. that long term is an incredibly positive thing for us. And so a real aspiration for us as a company is that you know, people who leave feel really good about us as an organization. That doesn't always happen, of course. There's people who leave who aren't very happy with us. It always happens. But what we're really trying to do is we're really trying to make leavers advocates for us, whether they're in client organizations or other agencies. And long-term, I think that will have huge rewards for us as a business. Yeah. And, and, and we see people come back. You know, there's lots of people who have been to other agencies um, not like those other agencies so much, and, and come back to us, which is fantastic and really, really makes us happy because it's a real endorsement of what we do here. Yeah, and that's great long-term future-focused thinking, isn't it? You know, yeah, some more future-focused. You know, I'm going to have to put that <laughs> on Twitter somewhere. Going to get that in, Chris. I love it. Cliche term for day: future-focused. <laughs> Fellow marketeer. Um, <laughs> so, so just finally, before I wrap up with my quick fire questions that I want to just shoot at you, we are, you are a leader. You are leading in a highly digital connected age. Things are sp speedier than ever before. There are new channels and tools, um, you know, at your fingertips. Um, you are keeping a pace with those, you know, you're invested in doing that as, as a modern leader, um, what, how, what, how do you feel that is? What would you say to other leaders about, you know, is there a choice? Is this, we often hear adapt or die. You know, what's your view about the future of leadership and how 
they're linked with digital and social? I, I think it's one, of those, it's one of those interesting things because it's, um, it's a little bit overplayed in that when you think that most people who are leaders right now you know, have already got themselves into a fantastic position. They've already built great careers. They're already doing super well. So there's not quite so much incentive for them around adapt or die. You know, the reality, that's not really the reality for most people. But I think that the reason I would say to, to start to engage with that, particularly for people who aspire to be leaders, is that as we move forward, your ability to connect to the community that you're part of, the business community that you're part of, the company community that you're part of, that's becoming, well, I think that's always been incredibly important in the way you inspire, the way you motivate, the way you empower people to do things, not just within the organization, but across the industry. Social media is the best way now, the way to do that at scale. So it's incredibly important if you're an aspiring leader to engage within the broader community, for people to start to recognize who you are, that you say sensible things. It will undoubtedly lead to all sorts of opportunities to further your career, to get engaged with um, people who are at the cutting edge of your profession, to people yeah. who are leading that profession. The so people who are already in leadership roles, I think it's about adding strings to your bow. Most people I, I know who are, who are leaders are always looking for that new little edge, that new little advantage. I think you're missing a, a huge string to your bow if you're not engaged in some form of social media even if it's purely to start to understand it, to understand why you need to have someone who is in your senior team who is expert in it, who is leading it from a company point of view, you know, where the mistakes that you could make as an organization might be. So I, I don't think there's an adapt or die for people in leadership positions yeah. right now. I think for emerging leaders and people with that aspiration, it's an absolute must because if you don't engage social media, you will not be or you're putting yourself at such a big disadvantage to those who are, just yeah. in terms of the opportunities you're open to, you know, you're, you're really making it much more difficult for yourself. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was sort of a slight ramble, but hopefully that, that ramble... Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's, yeah, that's, that gives people a lot to think about. And with... So this is my little, you know, I hope you don't mind me firing some quick-fire questions at you, which is just a little bit, uh, I suppose, behind-the-scenes a little bit more learn about the leader away from the social and digital side of things. So I've got three questions for you, Chris, before we round up. Yep. I'm so ready. <laughs> if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I would change the anti-vax movement. You look at vaccination does incredibly good things for populations around the world. There's this huge, well, it's, there seems to be growing anti-vax movement. Um, I would uh, I would change that, you know, look to find a way to engage with those people and, and help them see all the positive benefits of vaccination. Perfect. Okay. And obviously very aligned with the work that you do. Um, so which book have you read recently that's inspired you? Uh, this is so sad, but it's, it's a book called Eat Your Greens, which has nothing to do with health foods and is entirely about marketing effectiveness. Um, and it's absolutely, I have to say, it is a brilliant book full of short pieces from various different marketing leaders around the world. And um, I've really learned some very interesting things from that. But it's terribly sad that 
it's a workbook. I just look like a sort of strangely obsessed individual, which is kind of true. But there you go. <laughs> I look. I gave up TV five years ago to get through all the business books that I've bought over the years, and Eat Your Greens is one of them. So it's a cracking book, and uh, I, I I agree with you. I echo your praise for that. You're, book. you're equally sad, if not sad. Yeah, at least I still occasionally watch TV. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> And what's the best piece of advice you've been given to date? Oh, I think, um, I think the best piece of advice I got given a very long time ago, which was, um, which was about getting promoted. And um, one of our clients said to me, funnily enough, said, you know, if you, you, the way you need to think about promotion, you need to look at the people who are two levels above you. Look at the types of things that they're doing. Look at the way that they think about it. Take the traits and the, and the things that they do really well and try and apply them in your role and by doing that your behaviors will align with the behaviors of the people making the promotion decisions about you and that will help you to progress through the organization and uh, it was dead um, it was dead right I really tried hard to do that to look around at the different people who were senior to me and the group and the real strengths that they had and replicate some of those behaviors and apply them to what I was doing at my level and um, I think that that really really helped me that kind of idea of copying the things that you think are great about the way other people do things yeah i mean be the change isn't it fantastic brilliant okay well chris it's been an absolute pleasure and a delight to interview you it's been hugely insightful very inspiring and loads of practical insights there to share with our listeners so i'm just going to leave with saying a huge thank you to you thank you very much been very interesting and engaging conversation so delighted to be here thank you You've been listening to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast. Thank you to my guest and indeed thank you to you for tuning in. Please do feel free to share the podcast with colleagues and friends who you think will enjoy it and indeed subscribe to tune in for more episodes. You'll find the podcast on all the usual platforms and all episodes are also on our website carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You'll also find some really useful digital and social resources on that site too, so be sure to check those out. So for now, from me, Michelle Carville, your host on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, P.S. If you're a business leader with something to share around digital and social technologies and you're keen to be a guest on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, michelle at carvelcreative.co.uk.